Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. I'm Douglas L., your host. This podcast aims to be a commentary and discussion of Narcotics Anonymous literature, aiming to enrich the recovery experience of those who are on this beautiful journey. This podcast should not replace contact with your sponsor, your involvement with step work, or participation in the fellowship. Please use this podcast as another resource toward our collective growth as addicts in recovery. We're simply addicts seeking recovery, nothing more, and for sure, nothing less. Now let's get started. Hi, my name is Derek. July 21st read, surrender is for everyone, July 21st. If after a period of time we find ourselves in trouble with our recovery, we have probably stopped doing one or more of the things that helped us in the earlier stages of our recovery. Basic text, page 95. Surrender is just for newcomers. Right? Wrong. After we've been around a while, some of us succumb to a condition particular to old-timers. We think we know something about recovery, about God, about NA, about ourselves. And we do. The problem is we think we know enough, and we think that merely knowing is enough. But it's what we learn and what we do after we think we know it all that really makes the difference. Conceit and complacency can land us in deep trouble. When we find that applying the principles on our own power just isn't working, we can practice what worked for us in the beginning, surrender. When we find we are still powerless over lives again, imaginable, we need to seek the care of a power greater than ourselves. And when we discover that self-therapy isn't so therapeutic after all, we need to take advantage of the therapeutic value of one addict helping another. Just for the day, I need guidance, support, and a power beyond my own. I will go to a meeting, reach out to a newcomer, call my sponsor, pray to my higher power. I will do something that says I surrender. Thank you for letting me read. In today's episode, we'll discuss the Just For Today meditation with our guest, Jenny S. Hey, Jenny, welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. Hey, Doug, thanks for having me. All right, Jenny, could you tell us your clean date, where you attend meetings, and could you give your home group a shout out? Sure. Uh, my clean date is 7-29-2005. I'll be celebrating 15 years in about like a week and a half or so. Um, I go to meetings in like the Pittsburgh area in Pennsylvania, uh, kind of a little bit south, Brownsville, California, the Mon Valley area. Uh, my home group is Brownsville. There's a fleet place. We meet on Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock. been going there since I got clean. It's a really good meeting. All right. Thanks, Jenny. And, and 15, uh, 15 cakes. <laughs> That's exciting. <laughs> That's exciting. Yeah. All right, Jenny. So look, let's transition into the Just for Today. Could you could you share your thoughts on, on the uh, Just for Today meditation? Absolutely. You know, this is a good reading, um, you know, talking about surrender. Um, you know, like I know that whenever I got clean, they talked a lot about like getting, you know, surrendering. You had to surrender to the program. You had to surrender to a power greater than yourself. Um, and I know in the beginning for myself, like I struggled because I always thought that like surrender meant that you were giving up. But in this case, it, it wasn't that it was like you were starting a new way. Like that's how I, it was explained to me. Um, and, you know, it, it's not just for 
early on, surrender something I have to do on a daily basis if I'm going to stay clean. Um, like I get up in the morning and I do like my normal morning routine, which consists of praying, um, reading my meditations, the just for day being one of them and like meditating on that for like a little while before like I start the rest of my day. And, you know, when I read this one, you know, it, it brings back you know, memories of early recovery, but it also brings back like everyday surrender that I have to do. Um, like I've been clean for a minute. So like I've seen people who have not surrendered daily and what has happened to them. Like they go back out and they start using again. And, you know, for me, I have to remember that surrender is something that I have to do on a daily basis. It's not just something I did in the beginning. I was taught also that like the step, like step one, um, which the surrender is a big part of that is like the one step I have to do perfect on a daily basis where I surrender to the program. I surrender to my higher power. I surrender to suggestions of other people and, you know, I don't pick up no matter what. Um, I've seen what complacency can do to other people. Um, and I worry about that with having some time clean of getting complacent and not doing the simple things that I was taught in the beginning to do daily. Um, I have to remember that, I have to apply spiritual principles to my life every single day. It's not just I'm going to do it on Monday. I'm good for the rest of the week. It's like every single day I have to do these things if I want to stay, you know, in the program and I want to stay clean. The reading also talks about like the whole therapeutic value of one addict helping another. And I know for me, that's a big, big part of, of my recovery program. Um, I have two sponsees and I help them. I talk to them on, on a regular basis and, you know, talking to them and helping them work through their problems is something that helps me too. Also like the communication I have with my own sponsor does that also. Um, I know that I can't do this program by myself and there's not, there's no such thing as like self therapy when it comes to me being an addict. Like I need other addicts in the program to help me on a daily basis to stay clean. Yeah, especially the longer we stay clean, it, it's almost like our skills at um, justifying just about anything really, really uh, develop over the years. So, so I appreciate you saying that. So, Jenny, could you could you tell us? Um, okay, so you said that that starting anew, right? That that surrender was kind of like, hey, starting anew. So this mm -hmm. starting anew, this way of life at first, like that first, you know, couple months or the couple weeks, you know, whatever that season looked like for you, what were some of the things that, that it was like, Hey, this is a new way to what a new, is it, was it a new way to talk, a new morning routine, a new evening routine? Like what were some of the things if we have some listeners saying, yep, that's me. What, what did that look like for you? Well, it was about uh, the, you know, some of the things they taught me whenever I was in treatment, like before I came to the rooms, it was to have like a regular routine, like get some type of schedule. And I remember like being, suge being suggested to me, like, you know, praying every day is really important. Even in the beginning when I didn't believe mm. in a higher power yet, like it, I was told pray to whatever, you know, pray, you know, pray to something um, and make that part of your daily routine. And then also like the women that were there at my home group when I first joined there, they were like, call one of us on a daily basis. Now that stupid phone always weighs 10,000 pounds in the beginning. Like it was hard to pick up. But like after I got into a habit of calling somebody on a, on a daily basis, it made it a lot easier. Um, also like the meeting attendance, I'm saying in the treatment center, like go to meet 90 meetings in 90 days. And then like people with the meetings reaffirming that you need to go to a meeting every day. Now, 
I, I didn't go to 90 meetings in 90 days. I tried. I did the best that I could. But just going to them on a regular basis helped me get into the habit of doing it. And it's, you know, like now years later, you know, or even like six months later, I was on a regular um, routine of doing those things. And it was, became second nature. Like I woke up in the morning and before I did anything else, I prayed because that's what I trained myself to do. Um, and also with like reading the meditations and picking the phone up, that was something that like I got in the habit of doing because I kept repeating it over and over again. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. And it, you know, I have a similar, similar experience with that too. The first change that I saw myself doing, um, you know, my sponsor told me, Hey, look, you know, you're going to pray also, um, you know, and on your knees in the morning and at night. And, you know, and that was in 2000. All right. So my clean mm -hmm. date is March 12th, 2000. And you have since then, um, until now, I could probably count on one hand the the mornings and the evenings that I've missed um, saying mm -hmm. saying my prayers, uh, you know, on my knees. It's just one of those things. And like you said, hey, this is what, you know, boom, this is what I'm doing. This is the change. Mm -hmm. This is the routine. And uh, and and I don't have any plans on changing it. So so Jenny, is there anything since that first season to now um, that you find like, hey, it takes a new surrender? Uh, it takes a new change. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, like with, with clean time comes like more responsibilities, life on life terms and stuff like that. And there's been times where, you know, I had to reaffirm my surrender or surrender on a deeper level. Like as my, hmm. as my faith and my higher power grew and I finally figured out like what it was I chose to believe in, um, the, the surrender to my higher power became greater. Um, because it wasn't the initial surrender, like with the desperation I made in the beginning, it was more of like a deep down inside surrender to allowing something greater than myself to help guide me in my life and to let go, like letting go of that control, kind of like when working the third step and like learning to turn it over to a higher power. Um, that was a more spiritual type of surrender and a more deep down internal surrender than the initial surrender desperation when I first came to the rooms of NA. Mm. That's good. And, you know, and that kind of transitions into the, the, the second point you made about um, complacent complacency. And so, so with, with just about 15 years clean, uh, what are you doing um, to, to kind of avoid that getting into that, Hey, you know what, I've, I've done it all, I've seen it all. I've heard, you know, I, I've heard it all right. You know, that, that whole mindset that sometimes <laughs> is, is a, uh, it kind of creeps up on us, right? Like, you know, there's some seasons to where it's like, you know, I've heard this so many times, you know, that, that whole oh, mindset. Yeah. So, so are, are there some things you can share with us that's keeping, you know, how do, how do we keep that at bay? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because like I, I, in my home group, we read a uh, separate tradition every week. So like, and I've been a member of that home group for a while. So I've heard the same steps and traditions over and over again. And the same, some of the same people share the same exact thing every time. Um, you know, but for me, it's about just staying open-minded, you know, like being open-minded. And even though I've heard this information before, I'm in a different place in my life from the last time I heard it. So it means something different mm. to me. I can pick up different things from it because I have changed and grown since the last time I, I've read that or I've heard that reading. Um, and even just like with the Just for Today readings, like every year when I come across, you know, the different one from the year before, like I'm in a different place in my life and it means something a little bit different to me, to me than it did the previous year. So open-mindedness okay. for me yeah. is key. Like it's a key, key thing for that. Yeah. And, and, and I found too, working with you, you had mentioned that you, you have a couple of sponsees 
And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and when we choose to be really involved with, with, mm-hmm. with the folks that we, that we sponsor, um, that kind of keeps the complacency at bay a little bit. I found. So, yeah. so how's that working with the ladies you're sponsoring? Oh, it absolutely does. You know, because they, they keep it fresh for me. Like both of them have, um, my, my one sponsee has about 10 years, she has 10 years clean and the other one will be celebrating seven years here soon. But like, you know, just <laughs> the problems, you know, like we all have life problems and sometimes listening to their problems takes away, you know, some of, some of my thoughts on my problems gets, gets me out of uh, a little bit of that self-centeredness that can happen from time to time. Um, but yeah, like working with them and even like working with like a newcomer when like they come to the meeting for the first time and welcoming them and remembering like where, where, how I was that newcomer at one point in time and how I mm. felt coming to my first meeting scared to death. And, you know, it was glad of the people that were there um, to welcome me when I came. So I didn't feel apart, you know, apart from the group that I felt a part of the group. So you, I, I kind of wish sometimes I had a newcomer's sponsee right now, just to, you know, keep it new, just to remind myself of like, I could mm. be back there at any point in time. Yeah, sure. Sure. And you know, I always leave conversations with, with newer members or when I'm spending some time with them and, and, um, leaving, you know, leaving that, that conversation or, or hanging out with them thinking mm-hmm. to myself, you know, the, my, my problems really aren't that bad. <laughs> it's like such a blessing is it it kind of puts it into perspective because there's seasons that we have you know in recovery it's like if I can just get through this season clean you know mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll never ask for anything again right and then as soon as we kind of yeah. get through that that hard season oh well, we forget about that. And then our, our wish list, you know, comes back into play. So, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, yeah. just to, sh- just to share a little bit of like my, some of my story with you that, that has to do with like the surrender and this reading is a few years ago, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. So, you know, like mm-hmm. that was a, a shock in itself, you know, and one of the things that I didn't think of was to use over it. Like that never came to my mind. It was more about like, okay, like getting the solution, you know, like, what am I going to do? Like, how do I handle mm-hmm. this? And, you know, at that time, like, you know, the the surrender with my higher power was there, but it was also like surrendering to the doctors that were going to take care of me that were in charge of my care and listening to what they have to say and following their suggestions for what happens afterwards. And, you know, the, the follow-up testing and all that kind of stuff, like just making sure that like I surrender to them and, and listen to what they have to say, just like I do with my sponsor, you know, at times like following suggestions and it applies to, you know, all areas of our, of our lives, especially for me. And during that situation a lot, like I had to surrender. Okay, God, you're testing me. I can get through this. I know you're watching over me and like all, you know, all of that. Um, but yeah, like that surrender played a huge part in that life on life storm situation because like, I, it was something I never encountered in my life. I didn't know what to do. Um, sure. so I had to listen to somebody else who was going to be able to help me get through that situation and like surrendering to knowing that they're giving me the right suggestions and the right directions of what to do. Mm. So, so walk us through that then. So, so, um, so you got this news and, and then, uh, do you reach out to the sponsor, the support group? Did you take some time to kind of digest it? Um, and, and, you know, like, so, so what, what did that look like? 
Well, I, I found out when I was at work, which, which really sucks, but like, I have very supportive coworkers um, that I've worked with for quite a few years. So like they mm -hmm. were, they were real supportive. And then the, the next phone call, the, the first phone call I made was to my mother because I didn't know what to do. And she has more knowledge on that kind of stuff with the profession that she's in than I have any idea. So I called her and then the next phone call was to my sponsor. Um, and then like digesting it with my sponsor, I didn't tell, um, my sponsees, like the day I found out, because I needed some time to mm -hmm. work through it, to, to process it myself, to, you know, to grasp it. And then, like, I did share it with them. And then I slowly started sharing it with people in my support group. Um, the closer that it got to the surgery, the more people that I, I felt comfortable telling, because it was a shock. Like, who wants to say, guess what, you know, I have, like, I can laugh about it now, but like, who wants to say, like, I have cancer to sure, anybody? Because sure. I didn't want to be pitied or people to look at me funny or anything like that. Um, but, you know, the, the overwhelming amount of support that I had from the people that knew, like, blew me away. You know, like, they, they, I wasn't allowed to, like, after the surgery, I wasn't allowed to run the sweeper, you know. And it's very humbling to ask somebody to come to your house and run your sweeper. Um, you know, things like that. <laughs> carry my groceries up the steps because I couldn't carry anything over five pounds. But, like, mm -hmm. I had, you know, I had a ton of support. And, you know, by telling people, it's just, you know, like, the... I can't get help unless I open up and like mm. if I wouldn't have told people what was going on with me, I wouldn't have had the support of other people. And since then, since that experience and that since I was open with it, I've had a couple other people who different kind of cancer, but it had approached me when they found out that they had cancer to help get them through the initial, mm. you know, shock of it. And, you know, what, what happens next and, you know, how, how, do, how do you, how do you go through this? Um, you know, just to be able to be there as a support. And and so and so to tie that up, um, we're so so are we are we cancer free today? What's what's it looking like now? We are cancer free today. I um, have been mm -hmm. cancer free since uh, I got my last radiation on January thirty first thirty first of two thousand seventeen, and I have to follow for five years with all the cancer doctors. So I have about two years left to go to follow with them. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I get all my testing done every year. I see my, my radiation oncologist once a year. I see the medical oncologist once a year. And I see the, the surgeon once a year. And so far, so good. Everything's, everything's been good. So, Dude, you know, that's it's, super, it's, yeah, that's it's, it's really a blessing. super to hear. Yeah. And, and also to, to, to have the perspective, you know, don't take that lightly that, mm -hmm. that, you know, what you shared is the higher powers using you, even with that, that painful and scary, you know, situation and experience, but that's, that's, that's a platform the higher power is using to, to use you as a vessel to pour into other people. And so, mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, that's great. And it never ceases to amaze me just how good the higher power is to, to say, Hey, things that we've gone through, um, you know, it, it, it's not doom and gloom. It is going to allow us to 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 carry that a message of hope to somebody else. So so I think that's great, Jenny. I really do. And so let me pivot on that. Let me pivot on that um, and ask you the question that I ask all our guests um, who come on. If you could know what you know now, just about fifteen years you've been on this journey, which is a super long time. It's very cool. If you could, if you could go back and talk with Jenny with one day clean or one week clean knowing what you know now, what would you pour into her? 
Well, I would definitely give her some hope, and I would tell her to not be so damn hard-headed and actually listen to what people were saying. Um, because in the beginning, like, I, you know, I, and I'm sure other people can relate to this, too. Like, the, the first time I went to a meeting, like, I was straight out of rehab, didn't know anything about Narcotics Anonymous, and I go there and think I just joined a cult. So, like, I had this, like, preconceived notion that these people were chanting and all this stuff like that. And, um but, you know, like I stuck around, but it, it was, it was hard though, because like, I, I didn't want to listen to people. Like I thought, you know, I was still stuck in that like self-centeredness of, you know, I wanted a new way of life, but at the same time, I didn't want to listen to anybody else, you know? So I would tell myself like, you know, be more open-minded, listen more, follow some suggestions. Like you don't have to make mistakes that other people have. Like you don't have to, you know, go and make the mistake and learn from it. You can listen to other people and learn from them because there was a lot of things that, I did that I didn't have to do that I could have learned from other people, but being as hard headed as I was in the beginning, I had to make the mistake for myself. Like I couldn't just listen to somebody else and say like, you know, that's not a good idea. You shouldn't do that stuff. Thank you all again for spending your time with us today on the anonymous podcast. I encourage you all to focus on that magic six letter word others as we go out into the world until next time. I'm your host, Douglas L namaste and God bless. 